show for 94.9 The River Music First, and we are backstage behind uh, Bumper Shoot, Fisher Green Stage, and we've got Scott from Rival Sons. How are you doing today, Scott? I'm doing fantastic. We just like, get, just getting going. How are you doing exactly today? Exactly. Same here. We are going to acknowledge the music you hear in the background is that of Blue Stones, um, and that's just the way it is, so we're going to go ahead with this interview. Um, <laughs> do you have time to check out any of this music while you're here? Not super a lot. We'll see afterwards, but... Um, I guess, not, you know, we, we get in, and we're, our schedule's all turned upside down, so I'm sure you talk to a lot of people where it's not even about drinking or any of that. I stopped drinking a, a long time ago, sure. but my schedule is upside down because my night needs to peak out at, like, like 9.30 or 10.30. Really? So I'm, like, adjusting my schedule this way, and then you're, like, up after the show uh-huh. until 3 or 4 in the morning. Right. So I'm not getting up until, like... 11 or whatever 12 or something like that and we get cleaned up and do our thing and so I don't know if I'm going to see anybody today I'm going to do my best it's kind of a different kind of festival this year yeah it is I don't know a lot of the acts yeah same here I know these guys Blue Stones I've heard of them today's the biggest day of bands that I'm familiar with who's your favorite besides Rival Sons I want to see LP because that's another artist we play Um, also Lumineers yeah Lumineers that's good stuff yeah um, so we were talking before the interview about um, Too Bad blowing up the charts right now. Did you see that happening? And you were kind of saying you wished that maybe it was still on the other the other song? No, I'm, I wish that we moved, everybody in the world moved on to Too Bad. On to Too Bad. Yeah, because okay. everybody is still, I mean, a lot of people, I mean, are still playing uh, Do Your Worst, you know? So yeah. um, I'm glad it's being received. Yeah, I'm glad it's being received pretty well. They're so good, both of them, and I heard the acoustic version of that is really awesome. What was that experience like making that recording? Quick. Yeah? Yeah, we had just finished our set at, uh, at the Bonnaroo Festival, and we had, everybody had, like, girlfriends and wives and kids out and stuff, and uh, my kids weren't out, but some of the other kids were there because everybody's, everybody else lives in Nashville. Mm-hmm. But I had flown my girlfriend in. So we were all hanging out, we played our set, we came off, everybody was very hanging out, and they reminded us, oh yeah, you have that session, which we completely forgot about. So we kind of, me and Jay quickly grabbed a a guitar, a couple guitars in the back stage area and went, oh, you know, ran through everything in about, I don't know, a minute, just quickly touched on things, went, oh yeah, okay, let's go do it. Walked over and did it, and it was really relaxed, it was a really good vibe, the guys were really excited, and we just played the song. It was just that simple, but I'll tell you, there was a good feeling in the room, and um, I still haven't heard them. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but I haven't listened to them yet, and um, I'm glad everyone's loving those things. That's Absolutely cool. Absolutely. We love felt it. good about it. Yeah. I mix all of our live sessions for the two stations we have in Boise, and it's easy to tell during our sound checks which bands are amazing and who isn't, and I remember your session when you came in, you guys just, just blew my mind. Oh my God, thank you. I, I asked uh, Big J, he's uh, one of the people on the X station that, that plays your music, um, if he had a question for Ravel Sons, what would you ask? And of all the things, he said, ask them where they get their hats. <laughs> like you mean the fancy hats, everybody's yeah, fancy exactly. hats. These guys go to some hat wizard. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> we travel a lot, so I know um, Todd is a real hat guy, and Jay has some funky hats. I'm pretty sure Jay bought that big hat when we were in Texas. He's got this really, really that big one that he wears. <laughs> sure. And uh, Todd, we have some friends. I'm trying to remember. I want to say Sweden. 
maybe Norway. We have a friend out there that's a professional hockey player slash really great hat maker yeah. that, that he's used. And I think there's a guy out in Indonesia. I've ordered a hat from him that Todd has too. It's, I don't know, it's all over the place, everybody's hats. Hats are fun. Yeah. So, Feral Roots still going crazy. I, I'm curious about the artwork on the album. It was done by our good friend Martin Whitbooth. Um, he did Hollow Bones as well. I discovered Hollow Bones, the artwork and the artist, just really while we were in session. Um, I, I, we were about halfway through the session of Hollow Bones and I was looking through a bunch of different current artists and stuff and just kind of in the background while somebody was tracking and came across this rain song painting that we used for the cover and fell in love and it just sounded like exactly it went perfectly it was really went together well so we used that and then became great friends with martin okay just uh, one of my favorite artists on the earth and one of my favorite people as yeah, well he's just awesome. a, we became great friends he's a lovely person and um we knew on this record we wanted to collaborate again so instead of choosing a painting we commissioned him and kind of worked together and sent him mixes, but that weren't done yet. Kind of just, this is what the record sounds like. And he's a fan as well and likes the band, loves what, gets what we're doing. More important than likes it, he gets it. And um, he sent us some like, mock-ups the way so he, he does it. So he just kind of listen and create? Yeah. yeah we, cool. we, I mean, we, I know him and Jay had some really long conversations. I had some conversations with him as well. And he kind of gave us a mock-up of what he was thinking yeah. before he painted it, which he'll do like a computer kind of mock-up and then um, we loved it we made a couple adjustments to what he thought and he came up with this unbelievably perfect yeah. cover this unbelievable painting as well it's beautiful I couldn't literally I don't think I could have been more happy I was just absolutely elated it, it, it's really magic when you collaborate sure. and it works yeah you know and with the band it's 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 like that too you know when me and Jay are writing but you know we're, we're working together a lot and we know how each other work and we can fix things and there's time but then it was such a random you know somebody that we've never actually collaborated this way on and how it just worked so well on the first go mm -hmm. it was unbelievable that's great maybe we'll see some more collaborations down the road with that I want to thank you guys, Arrival Sons, in a world full of radio pop songs, and thank you for still creating some pure rock and roll, because there's not all that much out there. There, there are a lot of people um, pushing one button and dancing a lot, and I am just so thankful for your music. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. As long as people want to listen to it, I mean, honestly, I was going to say, as long as people want to listen to it, we'll keep making it, but if I'm really honest... We're going to make it if you listen to it or not, because it's just what, what, what we do. It's what we are, and uh, I don't want to be so uh, you know, nearsighted to say that we're not. We're creating it for people to hear, though. Mm -hmm. I'd prefer people to listen to it, and it's important what people think about it, sure. and that people like yourself are enjoying it and getting feelings from it. Right. I grew up with music like this, and there's plenty of music like this happening right now where yeah. it's just... You know, my, my, I guess my biggest aspiration would be to, you want to touch people the way you've been touched by music. So as a creator, you're hoping that you create something that becomes the soundtrack to their life, the way that music that I lived was my soundtrack. And then it, it, it just uh, kind of has a sense of setting you free. Sometimes these songs and stuff, they're, they're our best friends. They're, they're, they're like our salvation when you're alone and you've got things on your mind and you can't really turn to somebody you got to turn to yourself, but you don't want to do it alone. 
So a good song or a good album becomes almost like that like silent partner with you and gets us through our hardest times or our becomes the soundtrack to our most wonderful times, becomes the soundtrack to us falling in love or to our adventures in life. So in my my heart of hearts I'm hoping we're creating something that that affects people that way and gets to be an accompaniment to their lives. I found that, I don't know if you've gone through this, but maybe you'll be going along and find some album you lost for like years and years, and you put it in, it's like, that's an old friend, like, I couldn't believe, I've not listened to that for 10 years. Oh my God, so much. Memories. So much, and just, I mean, we're sitting here in, in Seattle right now, I'll say, the whole like Seattle thing was such a massive part of my life. Yeah. Huge. I was just waiting for it, because I'm old enough that, that I was like at the back end of like, like hair metal and all this kind of crap. I was young, but it was like I was a little guitar player, so yeah. I was super into it. Sure. So when um, when bands like Soundgarden started to like get into my life and I got louder than love, and when uh, you know Incesticide and Nirvana starts coming and then Pearl Jam and all this whole scene, it really profoundly affected my life because I felt like, oh my God, I've been listening to classic work and my parents rock and roll. And I'm kind of like not really connected with all this, and then this was like a real connection. This, this music coming out of Seattle was a real connection for me. Yeah, they got you. Yeah, so that's something that's like that. Sometimes I'll throw in that Temple of the Dog CD, yeah, nice. and I go, oh man, I love this. I love this. It was the soundtrack to my like right. childhood. You know? <laughs> and speaking of influence, uh, tell us about this Black Sabbath project. The project, this uh, Grammy thing that we did. Yeah. Not so much a project, but we we at the end of a, our one of our recent tours, we finished up in LA and uh, got to play a great sold out show at the Fonda headline show, and butted up against that, we had uh, been asked to perform a couple songs at the Grammys for our friends Black Sabbath, which we of course were like, yeah, that sounds great. It's not the Grammys, but it's a salutes the legends yeah. show. Yeah. So we were honored to do that, and I got on the phone with them, with Jay, and we decided to push them a little further, because we go, how are you gonna like sum up a band's career in two songs? Right. At least give us a third song. Like, let me do like a full, like at least a more of a medley, yeah. you know? So they're not mentioning it in the press so much, but we did War Pigs, and then we slipped in Changes. And then, but with our own version of it, almost more of a soul version, almost more in the vein of like uh, uh, Charles Bradley's version right. of it, you know, which suits Jay very much, sure. our singer. Yeah. And then we finished up with Paranoid, which is, you got to play these big ones. Yeah, of course, absolutely. there's a hundred deep <laughs> tracks of Sabbath and mm -hmm. is like a connoisseur of the band. It's difficult to go, oh my gosh, we're going to play those songs yeah the most famous ones <laughs> okay let's just do it though and then let's have a good time with it and we got to do it the day before the show though i'll add which a cool caveat to the story was we got asked to actually present the award so nice. me and jay had so i go you mean present their lifetime uh -huh. achievement like we have to write a speech right. and they were like yeah <laughs> Wow. Well, it's a big deal. Uh -huh. Like we've never done anything like that. Of course, I can. We can do it. But thanks for giving me like eight hours notice to like present my friends with their like lifetime achievement. Yeah. So it was a big deal. I actually um, was in a hotel and woke up at I think like like four in the morning. Woke up kind of like 
in a frenzy and grabbed my phone and dictated into it what I wanted to say. I think I'd been thinking about it and like dreamt about it and had the whole speech kind of painted out. This is what I want to say. Uh-huh. This is how I want to paint it a little bit. I want to say something about my childhood because I had something really special that happened to me when I was young about with that band yeah. and like digging through records and my first time hearing uh, the, t- the self-titled. But we got to... Um, present the award which was even that cooler so cool. yeah it was all the whole segment where basically we come up and talk about them and then they show the movie behind us and it's all in real time at this kind of a thing and then we come back up and say something and then we go back and play and then me and jay come back over and they bring the awards and they come up so oh, nice. it's really fantastic if you're a fan of black sabbath and rival sons it'll be you it'll be a non-misser you gotta watch it if you're a fan of just one of us it's still gonna be worth it yeah i think we did a pretty good job what i've seen it looks like that's gonna air october 18th uh, pbs grammy salute to music legends so if you're fans of rival sons and black sabbath you can check that out here in just uh, the next little bit uh who are some other artists that, that were attributed who covered them do you remember um for that night yeah yeah it was a great night it was amazing parliament uh, uh funkadelic oh, yeah. uh donny hathaway uh, uh Oh my gosh, my brain's not working right now. <laughs> there was a lot. Sam and Dave. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic night. The show was amazing. It was an honor to attend it. And all these people were sitting around us, so super emotional. Uh-huh. Super emotional, you know? Dion Warwick. Oh wow. my God, man. It's just. Legendary. Yeah, we were just blown away. I took my kids, took my girlfriend and my kids, sure. and they were blown away too. And I've seen posts, George Clinton posting, George sat right in front of us. George, and you could see my son sitting with me right behind George Clinton in George Clinton's post. And I'm like, yes. That is. I did something cool. cool. <laughs> um, you toured with Black Sabbath, right? How did Ozzy and Sharon really help you guys out? Well, by putting us on that tour, yeah. they were just lovely to us the whole time. My kids call her Auntie Sharon. Um, Did you see that coming at all? No, no. We played an award show in uh, in uh, in LA. We were playing a classic rock magazine. It's a big UK rock and roll magazine. They were having their uh, annual awards show, and they had asked us to perform a couple songs. So uh, our friend Sammy Pegar was hosting it. Some of our other friends were playing. You know, we got to make friends with some of these like more heritage acts just yeah. from touring and getting around. So we're like, oh, that sounds really fun. Let's yeah. do it. We were up for an award as well, and uh, we performed the two songs. And Ozzy and Sharon were in the front row this night, and we kicked the heck out of these songs that we played. We smacked it really hard, got a standing ovation, and I think even Sammy came up right after and said. He pointed at Ozzy and Sharon and said, did you guys hear that? That was really something, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we were back at our trailer, and Sharon and Ozzy just came came backstage, walked over backstage and approached us and said it was, you know, each of them took turns politely telling us, Sharon telling us, oh my God, you guys are the best band we've seen forever. You got to do this tour. <laughs> and Ozzy, you know, shuffled over and was like, honestly, it's, this is the best band I've heard in years. We love you guys. We love it. You're great, you're great. You know, they offered us the tour. Sharon goes, we're doing this Black Sabbath tour. You have to open the tour. And it seems like, is that really going to happen? But um, we were elated that they were giving us this kind of love and showing us this kind of attention this evening. Uh Our manager happened to be there at the time, uh, manager of the time, and we said, hey, that's our manager is standing over there. That's an Italian fella in the corner. Go talk to him. We're very happy to do this whole tour. And she did. 
and wow. he, they talked and we yeah. got the entire tour yeah, where she the, gets stuff done yeah <laughs> we were the only band that got to uh, be the band for the entire the end tour it was Incredible. an honor is an understatement and getting to make friends with these guys and, and play to these audiences every night honors an understatement yeah. it was it was more than a dream come true <laughs> I didn't have this dream so it was just like out of the blue just and like oh surprise. my god this is a, a real uh, anything is an understatement feather in the cap understatement <laughs> it's, it was just a great feeling sure so for Rival Sons uh, what do you have in your future you doing some more writing you're doing some uh, co-headlining right with Stone Temple Pilots that's coming up we are we only go home for about a week and we start that tour up which will be great the DeLeo brothers the fellows are, are really great I think it's going to be a great time the tour's selling really really well it's going to be fun is it hard to just go home for a week and then get back out yes completely yeah. it wouldn't be if I didn't have children but I have children and it frankly sucks yeah. but being on the road's fun yeah right um, you take them with you ever yeah I, we, we did a six week run through Europe and I brought them out for three of those weeks like right in the middle yeah. so I kind of went out for a minute got situated flew them out and then just had like another week, week and a few days and got back to them yeah. so that worked I'm sure um, they understand no, they get it. They've yeah. been living with it since they were born. But um, what else do we have? We're about mid-album cycle for Feral Roots. Oh, okay. uh, we have the STP tour coming up right now. And then we come home for about, I think, three weeks. And then we do another headline run throughout Europe. Wow. And I will get back on uh, the 1st of December, decorate my tree. <laughs> Go Christmas shopping and get ready for all that. Nice. Um, right now, our, our, our 2020 is still kind of open, and we're figuring out what we're going to do. We're, we're, we're thinking about doing some territories that we hit with Sabbath and a lot of these other bands, like uh, Brazil, uh, South America, uh, Australia, New Zealand, like this kind of stuff. So we'll see. There'll be lots of music being made. Nothing is slowing up. Um, I think everybody has uh, a lot of music in them right now. We're hungry. I know it's been 10 years for this band and seven albums. Uh, it just could feel just like our second album. And it's our first with Atlantic. So right. we've never felt like we were, we're like we, we were situated, we're complacent. Like, oh, we did it, 10 years, you know, yeah. here we are. Yeah. It feels like we're a first year band in some ways to, to us inside the camp. We're still digging, we're still working, we're still excited. Tonight we'll work hard to make the show good. When we come to your city, we, we work hard to make every show special and exciting, not only for, for the audience, but for us to do something different. And our albums feel like that, our ideas that we present to people feel like that. Nothing is like just going through the motions. So it'll be, we'll stay busy and, and, and keep things exciting. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, just one more quick question. I really wanted to know what it's like to work with uh, Dave Cobb, who's worked with so many incredible people, Brandy Carlisle, Chris Stapleton, Jason Isbell, the High Women. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got a really great resume now. We worked with him before that resume mm -hmm. was any of those acts yet. <laughs> it was us and Shooter and, uh, you know, not not too many people really yet. You yeah. Know, I met him years and years ago. Yeah, it's just blown up for him. I'm so happy. Yeah. It's so wonderful to see good things happen to uh, great friends that are deserve, you know, deserving of that accolade. I knew the first time I ever worked with him, he was something special. He was a bit of a pain in the ass, <laughs> if I'm frank. It was difficult because he has a creative way that wasn't my creative way, and it's it's never fun when you have to change 
especially as musicians, we have these egos that we have to wrestle around with. And butt writers. heads a little bit. Yeah, you, you butt heads because uh, I brought a record into him that he decided he had a me- he has a method he does where you want to kind of deconstruct the band and like kind of build rebuild it in the studio from the ground up. And that thing that was so irking and yeah. disruptive to me became my most favorite thing about him really? and about me so and about the band. It makes you a little uncomfortable. And- yeah, well, just just that, that to, to not be too precious and not hang on to things too hard and kind of let things, for lack of a better word, become more organic and natural. Yeah. And now this is what I've preached for the last 10 years to other bands because it creates a stale product in general. And what he helped create was something vibrant and living to the point of where I listened to these early records we made and I can still enjoy them. Sure. I never had that before. Anytime yeah. I would make records, like, man, I can just hear the work. Oh, I hear yeah. the labor and it's uh-huh. tiring. Now I hear these records and uh, our early records, Rival Sons, and I go, man, I I can't believe we made it like that. Uh-huh. It just it sounds exciting because it, it was exciting. You're hearing first takes, second takes, third takes, and like really ideas that are coming off the top of our head, which is really great. It's got to feel kind of vulnerable. You're letting go of that control and letting somebody else take care of your baby. But this is this this, this seems like the greatest thing to do to an artist. Sure. You know, you don't want to make them feel vulnerable and unprotected uh-huh. or unsafe, but you want to. You know, anytime uh, as a producer, you back an artist into a vulnerable position, you are basically taking off all the the bullshit, all the covers that are covering that like immediate beauty that we want to access. So if you have the the, the knowledge or the technique to do that, you've made something very tender and beautiful and raw. Even for a rock and roll band, you've made something very wild become like visible, you know, or or audible. It's it's a very... uh, incredible way and if you back that up with a bunch of great recording technique writing technique and arrangement technique and this is what Dave is doing he's very deserving I'm very proud to work with him yeah and he's a great friend great guy fantastic Scott from Rival Sons thank you so much for talking with us today can't wait to see to see you on the Fisher Green stage later today and I hope when you come back to Boise you uh hook us up and come do another session we sure will yeah it sounds great yeah thank you so much thanks for having me